Hello and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff, and guess who's with me? Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. Richard and Michael, they're going to do that thing where they go at each other's throats and debate and deliberate, and this week they're going to talk about the Mount Rushmore things that we pretend to like to be cool, but secretly aren't that into Richard Explain. Well, I think this was one I came up with. I think it's one that's been hanging around in the uh, shed for a while, I believe, Michael. We've had this one. Maybe. I think this is one that may may, may even pre- predate the show. Could be. This feels this feels just right in tune with our doppelgangers and frauds. Hoaxes. And like and this <laughs> season three of <laughs> things that are just like <laughs> like just lies. I think we just. Season three is just like subtitled lies. Lies, <laughs> and, lies liars. and liars. I also them. wait for the topic that Richard brings up so he can tell that kick-ass story. Because he's got some kick-ass ones too about bullets flying. Well, we'll see near, if I have. Near death or alcohol consumption. I don't know that I have any for this one but but the whole idea was basically i think we all have things that in the back of our minds when it gets talked about we're like oh yeah yeah that's, that's great i really like that you don't really like you it. don't really like the thing but it's like you don't want to be the you don't want to be the guy who says i don't know about that yeah yeah, so, yeah. okay this, this is a big this is a big yeah. opening up of all of our pretenses yeah totally. it's a bear so everybody that like is our friends that's uh-huh. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> guess I hope. You know when you when yeah, I read don't this, name specific people. <laughs> when I read that would this be bad. one, it reminded me of the moment uh, I don't know third fourth season of uh, Parks and Rec where it's all about Little Sebastian and Adam Scott trying to figure out what people like about Little Sebastian. And at one point at the end, he goes, "I get it, I get it, I get what's so great about him." And then he looks at the camera and goes, "I don't get." It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty little, much. Little Sebastian. So, um, Richard chose it, so Michael begins. Uh, punk rock. Oh shit! He I said just, it. I just, said what? Wow. I just don't. In none of its, you know, reiterations or. Uh, I just don't care. I've never felt that level of angst mm-hmm. that where like punk rock made sense to me. Wait, yeah. but you're a but you're a Smiths fan. Yeah, the Smith. I know. Okay. The, the majority of my music is built on this foundation of punk rock. Yeah. All the music I like from the '80s and the '90s mm-hmm. and the 2000s. Like, I understand that there is this deep well. That comes out of uh, the Clash, yeah, and the Ramones, and like Sex Pistols, the Sex Pistols. But like, I don't ever want to just listen to punk rock. I don't want to listen mm-hmm. to Fugazi. I don't want to listen to Black Flag. I don't ever. I really don't really want to listen to the Ramones, except yeah. for like when it's on a Wes Anderson <laughs> movie soundtrack, yeah, and it's like perfectly fit for a scene mm-hmm. or situation. I just, and I know it's important. I don't actually care. Yeah, I don't. There's not one moment where I'm like, yeah, I really got to listen to this 33-minute album, and it's 15 songs yeah. long, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like all kind of sounds the same. And I mm-hmm. hate to be the person that like it all sounds the same, but it does. Here's, it, it's all kind of like uh, grating. Here's where we can bust those fools who have their Ramones or CBGB t-shirt, but mm-hmm. yet uh, uh, don't secretly like the music. Is it is it an aesthetic that you enjoy? Because I love the – I enjoy the, the – kind of the commercialized aesthetic of punk hmm. uh it's really attractive and maybe it's also also stuff that's kind of borrowed from other uh working class rock formats like i don't know like a black leather jacket got handed down from greece or doo-wop stuff yeah or a t-shirt i mean i get that i think that there's also like a lifestyle thing yeah with like if you were kind of in your teens in the mid 70s and you kind of grew up with pop music in the 50s forced upon you and then all of a sudden you're in your 20s in the 70s and you're like yeah rebelling against things and you're rebelling against like the flower power generation mm-hmm. and there's like 
and there's economic turmoil and like a lot of crime and stuff and like big cities. I can understand why like if you grew up within that and yeah. like the politics, but like I just mm-hmm. I miss that by a few years, and so I don't have any of that angst. But I recognize that it as a thing, it's important to other musical uh, bands and art forms that I like, but like, uh, as a thing, I just, but it's also like, but punk is one of those things that you have to, you feel. gotta be down with it. Yeah, you, you gotta, gotta feel cool. it. You and gotta punk like, in oh, your yeah, soul. Oh yeah, I'm really into Fugazi, I'm really into Black Flag. Like, me, yeah. 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 Rich, Richard, our resident musicologist, would probably weigh in on this, but I would, I would say that with the time I started saving my money to pay for these big arena rock shows when I was 13 and 12, actually 12 years old. I, there was, my parents didn't have, I didn't have an allowance. My parents didn't have a bunch of money. So if I had 25 bucks to spend on, um, to see in a big arena rock show, it was all the money I was going to have for six months. <coughs> and yeah. so I'd go see the 90, 901, well, the Van Halen tour. Oh, Van Halen, with like the OU812. Yeah, OU812 and the Police Synchronicity Tour. And I remember seeing Men at Work and seeing these kind of big shows and then hating them all compared to like the little shows that they would, the little punk shows that would you'd go see. And I don't like punk music, but I would love those shows. Like you... there's an energy to a live yeah. to a live show that's different than what's on the recording. Yeah. And there's no such thing as a big punk show. So it's a t- you know you can see the band at at those shows too. Yeah, unless you're talking about like the Clash at Shea Stadium yeah. or some crap like that, but Yeah, and I, I saw the that. Clash at the uh, Starlight <laughs> <laughs> Music venue in Kansas City on their Combat Rock tour and it was still nothing like I mean I, it was the best of those big shows, but it made me like punk live, but I still didn't like it recorded that much. So. Yeah, I don't know. I think that punk rock is like, if you're not if you're not into it, I think you can be automatically dismissed for like whatever your music. So like, this is a thing you have to pretend to like just to get in your foot in the door, so you can talk about the things that you want to talk about yeah. with music at times. Yeah. And if like you don't like whatever, you're Mm-hmm. automatically discredited. Oh, I don't like Orson Welles. <laughs> you can't talk about movies anymore, that sort of thing. I feel like I let my coworker down who was new to the office, and and he said something about seeing X live when they toured again and said, Did, you know, you saw him, right? And I go, no. In fact, I, I got to confess, and I don't really know. I don't like L.A. punk or didn't get into the first wave of punk that much. Yeah. And he went, I thought you were my punk guy. There you go. I'm totally disappointed this guy. I wanted so bad to, to help him out. All right, Richard, then uh, Michael uh, comes out swinging. Well, we'll stay in the same vein, okay. and I'm going to go with most rap. Oh, right. Okay. Um, okay, you're racist. Yeah, basically. All right. Um, there are exceptions to this rule. Like I mentioned Public Enemy, I think, in a couple of episodes, and we've talked about that. Um, but for the most part, it's just not, I don't get it. It's not for not, not made for me. I'm not going to, you know, I, but I, I, to your point, Jeff, I do feel like that when I'm talking to friends of mine who are people of color, who, uh, who like rap music or mm-hmm. like urban music, let's call it, or whatever you, whatever phrase you want to use. Hip hop. Hip hop. Um, that I kind of have to go, oh yeah, I li- yeah, Drake, he's pretty good. Yeah, I dig him, and I could just hear myself being the whitest yeah. person saying this possible. But I'm trying to like sound like I'm down with it. I'm not down with it, you guys. <laughs> it's it's not that I'm racist. I just it's just doesn't 
it doesn't speak to me musically at all. You but say musically, does that is that inclusive of the entire way you experience music, or is or are there lyrics that you'd say this is not talking to any lifestyle that I understand? Both. Oh, okay. I would say both. Um, yeah, just from a musical standpoint, it's not. I'm still very much a guitar, as Michael would point it out. I'm more. I'm more of a guitar-based rock type of guy. So rap inherently doesn't really appeal to me in in any of the same ways that it's it, much in the same way that synth-driven pop or synth-driven sure. indie rock even yeah. I generally don't appeal doesn't appeal to me as much as guitar-based stuff. It's also been established that you don't like any music past 1994. That's true. So, but if I'm going to, chances yeah. are it's going to be something that's guitar-based. <laughs> um, it's a it's it's a tough one. I think when I think when um, music, whether it's punk or rap, just doesn't speak to you, to what your current situation is, your current lifestyle, whether it's uh, like a, a gangster rap or when, you know, that gangster out, rap. Yes. yes. Gangster <laughs> with a hard R at the end. <laughs> yes. In the like late 80s, early 90s, like when that was also the dominant kind of rap on MTV or music, I think that can also shut off a whole generation of people listening to it. If you're like, I don't relate to this in any way, it's hard to be like, oh, what's what comes after this? Because, mm-hmm. you know, like someone like, I mean, this is, the late 80s also had, <laughs> when NWA was out, MC Hammer as well. Right. And like MC Hammer is so- Young MC. Coast and yeah, Young MC, like just kind of like goofy dance rap and like- if those are your two options that you're kind of presented and neither of them are what you're into in your formative years, you can see how it just kind of puts a stopper in the spigot for the kind of remainder of your life. And you're like, uh, I don't want to listen to any of this. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of feel the same way about just punk rock. Like I just don't, I didn't relate to the angst and I, you know, it's, I, I personally too don't listen to a ton of rap. I mean, every once in a while, but like, it's ne- just never like, I don't know. Would you say if somebody said, well, do you like all rock? You'd say, oh, no, I like some of it. Sure. Yeah, that's, and a, I think that's that such a good point. Somebody yeah. might say, you're not responsible for loving all of it, all of punk or all of uh, rap. But I think I would also say I have not the interest to filter out good from bad. I mm. just don't have any. Ins- it all, and, and I have not the discerning ear to tell one from the other. One thing I, I would agree with you on that, Jeff. And one thing I would say, it's for me, it's like, you know, when Kendrick Lamar won the Pulitzer, was the Pulitzer Prize, I think, this last year. Some, it wasn't some, the Publishers Clearinghouse. No, it was not the Publishers Clearinghouse. <laughs> it was a giant check. <laughs> Thank Ed, you. The corpse of Ed McMahon showed up. <laughs> um, and I was like, that's fantastic. I have no point of reference for him whatsoever. I'm sure he may be great. I'm sure that his music may be... I just I just don't have the the interest to go and and sort it out for myself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Michael, you're second. Richard, it's funny that you mentioned Orson Welles because uh, I'm going to say uh, Stanley Kubrick. Mm. Oh wow. Uh, okay. I could I don't care. I and I think you almost have to care or pretend to care if you're into movies or if you want to talk about the history of cinema yeah. and you bring up. Like, he's a visionary, and he made such dynamic movies, but, like... Let's pop in Barry Lyndon, guys. Pop some Oh, my gosh. I was going down the list of movies, and it's like, never seen it, never seen it, never seen it, seen it once, don't need to see it again. 
I don't need to watch 2001 A Space Odyssey ever again. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I got it. The only one I'd watch is like The Shining Yeah. again, and I've seen that. Maybe it because it's the most commercial. Right. But like all of his movies, I don't care. And I think that like I went to like took film classes at college and they talked how the importance of his work and the mise-en-scene and the lighting and all the interesting things and new things he was doing and just like fucking tune out. But like to be around that crowd, if like I tuned out halfway through like the art portion of my art studio career too was just like to be to hang with these people that are professionals or want to be professionals or studying to be professionals there is like all these things that you have to believe to be part of that crowd and that's part of like you know this topic to begin with is like to be cool to those people you have to pretend that you like these things whether they're a certain type of movie or director or whatever and at some point you're just like ah fuck it I think there community. I think there are two people that I think there are the people that are really heavily in the film and get into everything and either pretend to like it or force themselves to like it or there's like the other person who doesn't who's just like I don't give a shit and they're so honest that that, that becomes a coolness factor like the person that hates everything that's good well not one of our friends we have a friend that hates everything that's good hates grapes <laughs> a whole thing oh no it's a thing. Well, no, that's a whole other podcast. But like, that's a pod. The, the Mount Rushmore of worst <laughs> bets. Grapes are the only thing I like. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think that there are two types of people that are like that are recognized as cool within like a specific like genre. Whether it's movies, it's the person that knows everything that follows it that has those sort of credentials that you can talk to and bring up anything and either they really are into it or they're pretending to be into it or there's the person that's just like the fuck it person and they just don't give a shit and you're like wow I can't believe you're so honest to say that you hate the you know the best movie of all time or whatever and you're just like they're like yeah sucks next and right you're just like mm-hmm. wow I'm impressed by kind of both of those if you're within mm-hmm. that world all right Ricardo yeah my second one is modern art Oh, uh, suck it! Suck, suck it. it, modern! Suck it, suck it, Andy Jackson Warhol. Pollock. That's yeah. pop art, yeah. Well, it's all this that no, same Pollock's modern for sure. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I've been to Mocha, you know, mm-hmm. down here or Mocha and and uh, Museum of Contemporary Art, and I've I've seen a lot of this stuff. Look, man, that that the painting that's that's a box with a triangle next to it. That's just a box with a triangle next to he it. He doesn't get it. Jeff, he doesn't get it. Can you believe this guy? He's you Philistine. I guess. <laughs> Open it's, your eyes, man. It's, it's, you know, sometimes the cigar is just a cigar, yeah. you guys. And the atrocities of the American Revolutionary are, are War. played out with Play, this yeah. red dot yeah, that yeah. I put on this white <laughs> canvas. Yeah. It's like this is, and, and you, you go and you're supposed to sit there and stare at it for 20 minutes and make a lot of, hmm tilt your head a bit like you're a dog looking at something very very confusing to you oh yeah I mean, if I step back from it maybe I'll maybe from back here I'll get something different it's like no you're never going to get anything different out mm-hmm. of it it's I, it, you would have a hard time to convince me that this isn't just all a big scam who, who is the person you're trying to be cool and pretend in front of is it the, 
the uh, docent with the ill-fitting jacket who stands <laughs> over in the corner just looking at his watch the whole time. <laughs> it's everyone else there in the theater, in the in the art gallery, I guess. Your you kids don't want to who see are looking kids. At... You're trying to introduce your kids to art and stuff yeah. like that. And you want to be like, yeah, I don't know. I don't get it either, kids. This <laughs> I is would, bullshit. I almost fall asleep in art galleries just because I just get so irrevocably bored. <laughs> they just now, I like art galleries. Better. Now, let, let's <laughs> let's be clear. If I can go to LACMA mm-hmm. down here in Los Angeles or the Getty and go look at Renaissance art or conti- yeah, okay. even contemporary, not modern art, but contemporary art and and be fascinated by it. That I love. It's, it's very specifically modern stuff. Naked statues. <laughs> Mainly I love boobs and, and dongs. So that's what I love looking at. No, I can look at, regu- you know, quote unquote regular art, actual art, art that actually depicts things. And even, even like, even modernist type stuff like Picasso, I can, I can look at and I can appreciate. But man. Okay, what's, what's. Man, if you're just, if, if. If you're just dr- splashing some paint from your paintbrush onto a canvas and then being done and go, oh, that's that's this this is my take on uh, mm-hmm. on n- the nuclear holocaust. So like, what's no, what's a better not. Picasso, uh, Guernica or uh, when John Lovett played Picasso on SNL <laughs> and like was like signing signing his name to something, expecting to be to get things for free, saying, "I'm Picasso." <laughs> <laughs> so I think some people see, and the quote is like, "My kid could do that." Yeah, they see that and think, though that means it's not art. Is that how you feel about it? Like, do you think punk rock is art? I don't know that it's art. Do you but think? I know I, I think, like it. I know I like it. <laughs> I know I like it. It's only rock and roll, but so I any like idiot it. could play punk rock, right? Basically, yeah. But I don't think any idiot could do it well. Okay. Or do it and and have it last. You capture the energy and excitement of that, and though you don't see that those artists are I capturing that the. the, uh, the I don't think. Yeah, I I. I I don't see that it's being reflected back to the as a form of communication. Music yeah. is a form of communication in some way. Yeah. And you know, the artists are trying to reflect a certain sort of energy back to the listener or if you're at a show, the person at the show. Me personally, I get that from punk rock whereas I wouldn't get that from modern art. I whatever it is that they're trying to convey to me, somehow it's getting lost in translation. Yeah. All right, good enough. Okay, guys, this is our halfway moment uh, here where we take an opportunity to um, plug uh, not just our podcast, but other people's podcasts. uh, And we're going to start off with a promo for another podcast. So please go check out this one. Hey, I'm Sunny Megatron from American Sox, a podcast about life, liberty, and the pursuit of Ooh, that's kind of a trashy first impression, isn't it? I'm so sorry. Okay. On American Sex, Ken Melvoinberg and I explore our guests' deepest, darkest sexual secrets, hang-ups, fantasies, and victories. Each episode reminds us that in this fine country of ours, no matter our differences, we all want and deserve the same things. Freedom and happiness and f***. Find American Sex on iTunes, Stitcher, and most podcast services or at AmericanSexPodcast.com. Uh-huh. 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 And we're back, and now we're going to force our podcast uh, down your gullets. Uh, go to iTunes. Go to Stitcher. Download, rate, and review previous episodes of our podcast. We legit would like to know what you think about it. And then the next step after that is to go to Facebook. 
go to uh, Tinder, <laughs> go to Grinder. Open your dating profile. MySpace. Go, MySpace. That's still a thing. If you're looking for hot, hot, hot podcast action, go to the Mount Rushmore Grinder profile and click that you want to hook up. Swipe anywhere. <laughs> Swipe anywhere. We don't care. Up, down, <laughs> swirly. swirly. That's fine. Um, if you're looking for a middle-aged uh, white males with dad bot, you found the right hot, hot podcast. But you could also go to Facebook and talk about episodes that you've uh, listened to recently, suggest topics for future episodes, or let us know what we missed when we were giving examples for the topics. You could also go to Instagram, and you could go to Twitter and find us on there and talk to us about the things that you like or you don't like. Do us a favor, too. Uh, audibletrial.com forward slash Rushmore is a way you can support the podcast and then get yourself a free Audible uh, trial. A 30-day free trial where you get to listen to all this cool stuff and then get a free book from Audible for free. That is what you can do. Uh, you can download any free book for, that they got. Um, normally I have a sample for it, but I don't think there's anything that uh, fits into our um, topic here. Um, yeah, no. Jeff's too cool. I'm too cool <laughs> for it. I'm to too read. cool for that. So, Books. but the thing Words. is, whatever book, whatever book you get, and they have over 180,000 that you can choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle player, MP3 player, or Zune or Merlin, uh, you can keep. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can play some 13. What was the game? 13? 13, what, 21. It 13. wasn't 21, it was 13. Uh-huh. If, if you're listening to Mount Rushmore Podcasts as a customizable card game. Yeah. Customizable Please card. let us know because we want <laughs> You don't know how the hell you're doing that, frankly. <laughs> Have you printed out all of the episodes and made a little uh, Magic the Gathering type yes. game that you can play with us? If you're oh, if you're so listening cool. through a player piano, yeah. we want to know. <laughs> oh, but if you want the extension pack of cards, let us know cuz we'll make that shit up for you, man. Exactly. We'll do anything to make some money off this. Game. Magic the Gathering <laughs> is a game that no one has ever pretended to like to prove that they're cool. I I guarantee that's not on your list, right, Rich? No. Can you imagine if you're just like, hey guys, you get the new uh, you get the new <laughs> expansion bag, and I'm just like, what are you doing? I'm, in, I'm not into this. I'm going to go play football again. <laughs> okay, so I guess we might as well finish this. Um, so we have been discussing the Mount Rushmore of things that you pretend to like to be cool, but secretly aren't that into, and Michael is going to tell us his third choice. Politics, you guys. Whoa. I feel like I have to care right now. I feel like there is a coolness to it being your civic duty, and maybe there is in a way, but I, I, I want to forget the name of everyone that is currently in politics, <laughs> that is currently a member of the Trump administration. I want to forget all these horrible fucking people. I want there to be an end to it that I can look back and say, I do not remember the name of that racist that wrote that racist policy. And I know that guy's name. Yeah. And I know his background. And it's like, I'm so sick of the knowledge, feel, but also feeling like if I can't have a conversation about politics, I feel like, oh, we're not, this is the time to be political. It's, it's a cool mm-hmm. thing to be political. You, it's a important thing. But right now it's just like, I, I'm so over it. Yeah. I want to forget the names of the people that are in government right now the way that I forget the names of people that I used to work with. As soon as they are out the door, <laughs> gone, out of my brain. 
you might have worked with him for them. 10 years yeah. and it's just like run into him in the street hey lady hi michael and you're just like oh shit they know my name and i'm like I get rid of it. I, I dump that information. If there were some decent bad guys in this cinematic, political cinematic universe, it would be different. None of them are the end guy in the video game. Even Trump, he's just That's like so this, funny. Bl- <laughs> this big fucking pudgy baby. And these it's, are our bad guys. It's like, sickening that the dumbest people and the most obviously racist people are the ones that you're just like, you w- you wouldn't write that in the movie because it's too obvious. Yeah. You want the person that you introduce in the first act that's kind of a good guy or kind of whatever, and you can you're not sure about them, but like they kind of help out uh-huh. the hero halfway through, and you're like, okay, and then they're like, I'm the Ironmonger, yeah. and you're like, oh my god, Obadiah Stane, I yes. can't believe it to get back to Iron. There's Man. nothing nuanced. There's nothing. Yeah. And maybe that's that's how they're succeeding because they're not they're playing a very kind of one dimensional game. But like it's it also seems I'm keeping kind of looking around. It's still, is this the mid '80s again? It feels so. I just I backwards. I do not want to know the names of White House aides any longer. I don't want to know the people that are like these weird underlings that are like in the news and you it feels like you have to know these things because you have to take a stand against them or something. You have to know all of the awful people on the roster of like <laughs> like the 53 man roster of the white yeah. house is like i don't want to know the offensive line the <laughs> literally yeah. literally offensive linemen yeah. uh, i don't need to know all the five backup, of them yeah. and the backup i'm so i i just i want to be done with it it feels so like your aversion to fantasy football is coming through it, it is and it's just like i just i'm so it feels like you need to be in that conversation to be a little bit cool now yeah. cuz it's like ooh politics is like the thing oh. To, you have to know how to. It's just like I am so ready to be over it. Yeah. Uh, oh, 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 oh. When is it? This this grungy of, could be any of our past presidents. Speaking. Well, were you talking about politics? Oh gosh, I can't believe it. I'm so sick of politics. I'm also so sick of fighting this. Stupid, stupid war. Can you believe it? Commanding the Continental Army? What a bunch of idiots. These people are farmers. You, sir, you're a stout, healthy man. The Second Continental Congress has assigned me, George Washington, to command this bunch of losers. Part of me knew that the Continental Army was led by uh, uh, George Washington, and then... A part of me was like, "Don't get me started with the Battle of Bunker was like, Hill." I was, I was waiting until he said the name just so I didn't seem like I wasn't cool enough to know who you know, was, who, I, which which political figure. I all I did was command the Virginia Regiment. I got jack shit for leadership experience. They expect me to rile these guys up, give them a pep talk. I do like that George Richard, that George Washington has to look up his own stuff on Wikipedia. <laughs> I mean, he's been dead a long time. It's true. You forget some things. <laughs> I narrowly escaped destruction in the New York campaign of 1776. Unlike the successful siege of Boston, <laughs> where I really succeeded in sieging Boston. Um, Mr. Washington. We were flanked Mr. out Mr. of our General, positions. General, General Washington. Atop the, yeah. Um, have you ever, were you ever um, heard to be saying you're going to grab someone by their pussy? No. No, no. Well, that? then you've got plenty of leadership skills for, no. for modern-day America, sir. Well, okay. You may well, be actually be overqualified. 
that's a miserable, miserable state of affairs. <laughs> it truly is. All so. right, so sh- you're saying I'm living the good times right now? They're not going to get better, sir. Okay. Oh, wait, what was it called? America? <laughs> um, United, the United States. How many states are there? Say 13, 14, 15. Go 15, 15, 15. How many do you think there are? Yeah. What's uh, Double well, it. Triple it. Triple it? Yeah. Well, right now there's like 13 colonies, but we're thinking of kicking Delaware out. Oh, really? Yeah. We're, we're willing to go back down to 49. Okay. To get rid of Delaware. 49. You know what? Go back. Add Puerto Rico. Drop Delaware. What are we doing in Florida? 50. Yeah. Can we get can we get the can we get the Bahamas into some some sort of trade? Yeah, done. <laughs> well, let me just also a third round draft pick. Yeah, and cash, cash, and cash. How about a and cash a back. island to be named later? <laughs> oh, oh, portal closing, sucking me back. We had a guest. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, kick ass. Okay. So his teeth were replaced by cashews. Oh my god! Oh my god! Well, I'm glad. Uh, did we finish our rant about politics? I think so. I think, so. Okay, I think okay, we're okay. finally done with it. Okay, that. Uh, Richard, what's your third? That's a good question. Let me look it up on my phone. What we're, is my third? We're gonna have a special live episode sometime soon. Uh, Rushmore, and so you guys should let us know what topics you wanted to discuss on our special live episode. We are. Huh? Yeah, I'm stalling. <coughs> I'm stalling. <laughs> No, news to me. All right, my uh, third choice is uh, serious novels. Oh, wow, okay. Like The Infinite Jest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, specifically The Infinite Jest. Oh, my fucking God. Like, like basically, you... And I was an, Engl- an English major yeah. in college. And so it was pretty clear that you were the biggest rube of all time if you hadn't read The Infinite Jest yet. And I tried to read it, mm-hmm. and I got about a fifth of the way through it, and yeah. went, this is not for yeah. me. Yeah. I in that shed there. Is it is it literally made from copies of it's the Infinite made Jest? From yeah, David Foster Wallace, at the end of the tour, came along and put these up. I have a framed diagram in infographic on how to read Infinite Jest. <laughs> That's so funny. I've not read Infinite Jest. It's <laughs> gathering dust. <laughs> you don't need. You got the diagram. You got the I diagram. Got the what diagram. else do you need? That's like that's like the uh, Cliff Notes, except uh, less reading. It has the different worlds of Infinite Jest and the characters and things like that. Like, yeah. And I would just, I mean, I would extend that to most serious novels. Like, I just don't, I have a, I, it, speaking of infinite, I have a finite amount of time. Yeah. Mm. And mm-hmm. to devote 800. That leads into my next pick. That's To great. devote 800 pages to some Don, DeLi- Don DeLillo. Yeah. Like, you know, I get Don it. Don DeLillo. You're thinking of Dom DeLuise. Uh, Dom DeLuise, yeah. <laughs> I love you complaining. <laughs> the, the guy who was in the outtakes for Cannonball Run. Cannonball Run, right. <laughs> Yeah, okay. That, so, that book he wrote, Fatso. Yes. Is it? But I, 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 I get it. That the, it's brilliant. It's something that I yeah. could never, as someone who thought he was going to be a novelist at some point, could never dream to probably come up with something that's that layered with texture, and meaning and depth. And doesn't mean it makes for good reading, though. Yeah. And it's sort of almost that. I think it's that same sort of thing like you were talking about earlier, Michael. It's. Sometimes something can be technically great, mm-hmm. like a Kubrick film, but that doesn't mean that you want to watch yeah. it. Is yeah. it like when you're watching op? Well, I know you're you're you have a daughter who sings opera, performs opera. So you probably have a a better understanding of it. But when I see classical opera, I think, look how hard they're working to bore me. Right. 
oh my god you clearly are an amazing singer i can't fucking understand you i don't know and i think the people who say they like this are bullshitting oh so you think i'm bullshit when you talk about novels and things like that oh okay yeah i think i think meant specifically oh, with opera no 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 i understand like uh your daughter's doing these fun kind well of i like opera in general yeah um so it's so look it's not like i i don't have an appreciation for a lot of things that would be artsy yeah but i just with books it's just that's a, i mean even an opera is a, unless you're going to see like the ring cycle or something mm-hmm. like that it's a four-hour investment and that might seem like a long time but if you're reading the infinite jest that is a weeks, four months yeah. if not months long dive and there's i'm sorry i there is nothing in the world that that's that's that entertaining to me that I'd want to be with it for four months at a time. Yeah, it just just isn't. Even something that was really entertaining, I would get sick of it after four months. Let alone, you know, page of after page of footnotes. Mm-hmm. I think the skill that Wallace has in creating the characters within the bits that I read are so demonstrated, but it almost makes me feel like. He, Here's a guy just showing off for a big, for eight hundred right. pages too. Right, it, it reads like a very long uh, graduate school novel assignment. Yeah, where the student really wanted to show off to the teacher that all of their skills, but that doesn't necessarily translate. Who are you? Who of, who is the person that is that you need to impress by being into? The Infinite Jest. Well, for me, like I said, when it was when I was in college, yeah. being an English major, dealing with other English majors, and I secretly think they were all we were. That's the problem, right? Part oh, I think about a lot of these things. I'm not sure that everyone isn't feeling the same way. Mm. Yeah, and just no one wants to admit it. Mm-hmm. It's like if one mm-hmm. person said, "You know what? Yeah, I just didn't. I'm not into. I didn't get the book at all." Like five other people would go, "Oh God." Yeah. So glad you said that. Confronting hypocrisy. Yeah, but nobody wants to be the person who breaks the seal. Because you feel like you're a dummy. Because you're going to be, because what happens if nobody agrees with you? Mm-hmm. You're going to be the dumbass mm. who doesn't understand, mm-hmm. doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's not that I don't get it, I just don't care. Mm. Wallace didn't like himself enough to stay alive. So, so why should I like his right. books? So, Michael, the final choice. Prestige television. Oh. Oh. Like you with... These gigantic novels, important novels, I do not have the time for all of the great TV that I'm supposed to be into, that I'm supposed to be consuming, that podcasts are telling me, you've got to listen to this, that TV, that the award shows are like, you have to watch Ozark, you have to watch Billionaires, you have to watch fill in the blank, and it's just like, I do not have the time for it, nor do I care. Yeah. Uh if I have an hour alone to watch TV, I want to watch old episodes of The Young Ones. Yeah. <laughs> I want to sit down with Emily, and we've been going through an old British series called Ground Force, which is a gardening TV show. Oh, from I love the Ground late, Force. From the late 90s. With Charlie. The, with Charlie and yeah. Tommy and Alan Titchmarsh. We want to sit down for an hour and just tear through old YouTubes yeah. of... A pleasant gardening show. Yeah. Because we get home, the kid has to eat, he's 15 months old, he has to be put down, we have to make dinner. By the time that we are through with our day, 
it is just like we get an hour to just turn our brains off a little bit. And I cannot imagine that need to pile into one show over every night. There's something that you must watch that is yeah. important. We get one show a year, and it's Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones that we're like, we're in. We watch it when it's on Sunday nights at 9 o'clock or whatever, and like that's, that's about it. But I think that there is a current need for society to tell you, like, you got to watch this. This is the best television that has ever been on TV. They've We've reached been, peak TV. They've always been saying that. It's, like, always the greatest well, TV. And it's just, like, I, I, I can't be too cool for school. I, like, I just don't care. And, like... I think this is, by the way, I'm glad you mentioned Ground Force, because I think this is a reason why the great British baking show... Is so popular. Emily brought this up to me too. Is because you've got your peak TV on this side, and it is being forced down your throat, and it is all awful people doing awful things yeah. to other awful people yeah. all the time. And you can only have so much of that. And so what's the antidote to that? An- antidote to that? It's very pleasant British people baking scones mm-hmm. and all supporting and helping each other. And the person who wins doesn't get like a million dollars. It's just you get to be say you're the best baker. Yeah. And that's it. And everyone is really nice. Yeah. And it's just, it's like the anti, like, like prestige TV. Yeah. With Ground Force, it ends, you know, with this gentle walking through of what, you know, the, the 3,000 pounds that they'd spend, what, you know, the types of flowers, there's a very nice garden that they built for someone with a water feature and decking and it's just and the guy's voice alan titchmark who's like the host he's so gentle and emily brought this up she's like she's like there's a whole there's a new wave of gentle tv like i'm sure like british baking show and i think there's others that are just on netflix now that's like trying to capture these people that are so worked up by politics that are so worked up by murderous tv shows that you have to watch right there's just like i just need 22 to 44 minutes of like decompression and like that is on the weekends that's all we want to do after work that's what we want to do is just like and even the reality wind down. even the reality shows most of the reality shows are an hour of people screaming at each other oh yeah, yeah. i would say when my uh when my parents were my age television was one at best one norman lear sitcom mm. um and a laugh track driven it was sitcom driven not unscripted, and it wasn't um, hour-long dramas, which are the things that are being pushed towards us as the thing we have to watch. And when we were young, we didn't work for television. Television worked for us. Now I feel like everybody I know will say, oh, yeah, I got to watch this, or I got yeah, yeah, I have yeah, to catch gotta. up on yeah. this. Yeah. I'm way behind on blank. You see people pulling their hair out because they... Oh, you're not watching Billions? Yeah. That is... What is... Oh. That is... Okay. Yes. Ooh. My job of television, I'm way behind my TV job. And, and and it just drives me insane how it seems to be this gun full of <laughs> pixels that is held at our head that we're supposed to... Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've mentioned that I'm not the biggest Game of Thrones fan. It's not something that I watch on a regular basis. Sarah does. So I kind of keep up with it just by sort of being in the room and I sort of watch it through osmosis, I guess. But I don't really follow it. And anytime I mention this to people, what? Oh, how how can you? Right, right. How, how can you? And I, to your point, Jeff, I don't think there were people in the 80s going, how, how, 
you don't watch the Jeffersons? Yeah. I. Uh, how do you not watch the Jeffersons? Yeah. It's, it was just like you either watch the Jeffersons or you watched, you know, Family Ties and we were whatever mm-hmm. was on there. It wasn't like a, a, it wasn't a condemnation on your personal lifestyle choices yeah. if you didn't watch a certain show. Richard, what's the end game? End game here is expensive whiskeys. Oh, okay. I, You're a cheap whiskey man. I am a cheap whiskey man. And I'm also a wine man, and I can appreciate a good wine. I can appreciate a cheap wine too, but I can appreciate a good wine. And I, more the more to the point, I understand what makes a wine good. Let's not even go between a good between expensive wine or cheap wine or whatever. I have an appreciation, I think, for what makes a wine good. Screw top or screw top or bag. <laughs> when it comes to alcohol content, wit, yeah. Proof. Ripple, ripple, ripple is good. MD twenty twenty. Um, when it comes to whiskey and and the apples that are made, it is pressed from must be f- the finest <laughs> apples. <laughs> the finest vintage the that boons, Idaho has to apple yeah. has to offer. When it comes to whiskey, you don't see the purpose. I and and Michael and I with with our friend Scott, former uh, guest judge, he uh, guest can combatant, I guess. He, we went for his uh, former lifetime combatant. Come yeah, on, we've been fighting with that guy for <laughs> twenty years. Twelve years. Um, we went for his, I guess, pre bachelor. It was like a bachelor party type yeah, thing. Yeah. We went, did a, a rye tasting at a place called Seven Grand, something like that. Yeah, here in Los Angeles. I think you set that up. Yeah, I and I set you it did. up, and it was fun. I mean, we got to drink a lot of different whiskeys. I could not tell you the difference between. The ten dollar a ten dollar whiskey, and this fifty dollar whiskey, like it just there was there there does not seem to be any discernible difference other than maybe one is a little bit stronger I, than the other. Yeah, I seem to recall like walking out of the place, the guy was like, uh, "If you get like Canadian, uh, like Canadian Club or something, he's like Canadian Club is like it's pretty good cheap whiskey. <laughs> it's like just it's in a plastic bottle. You can get that and it's." pretty good yeah or it was my choice evan williams that's my whiskey of choice i remember i made some sort of joke like so yeah i even like evan, evan williams so i don't know he guys like seven, had whiskey seven grand, grand. Was like, i think was that's actually a it. really good whiskey I and there's actually a rye tasting get. because yeah, if yeah, i needed something more pretentious than a whiskey tasting let's go ahead and taste mm. rye um the the drink of choice for uh degenerate gamblers everywhere <laughs> hi dr nick um and we got there, and the whiskey sommelier was sitting there, and he'd pour you a shot of something and say, "Well, this is from you know from Northern Kentucky. You can really taste the Northern bluegrass in this, or whatever it would happen to be." And I would sit there, and everyone would be like, "Oh yeah, you can really, mm, yeah, oh, okay, I can really taste hints of coriander in this." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I can taste that too." It definitely did give me the sense of like, look, there's really not that much of a difference. If you're paying fifty dollars for you know, a bottle of whiskey, there's not that much difference, especially for me because I drink whiskey and cokes. I'm just dousing everything in coke anyway. <laughs> so, it, rot gut is fine for me. Yeah, but I don't think. But even for people, even when I drink it just straight, I really don't discern that much of a difference enough where I would it would justify. My friends who are whiskey connoisseurs who sit there, you know, the friends who have like the the stone like cubes that they keep frozen 
You ever seen these? No. They're like like marble like cubes. I've had some of those. Yeah, the, yeah. so that the it's ice not doesn't. An infinity so stone. the it's not an infinity <laughs> stone. No. Oh. Well, so that the right. ice you, use that, that guy. Use, <laughs> use it instead of ice, so it won't melt mm-hmm. in your whiskey. Mm-hmm. And, oh, okay. And, yeah. and make the whiskey watered down. Mm-hmm. So I have friends who are like that, who are like the total like like whiskey hipsters. And I'm convinced. There's another one where I'm convinced that they have now talked themselves into the fact that there is a difference between all these different types of whiskeys. Because if they admitted to themselves that no, it all kind of tastes alike, their whole world would come yeah. crumbling down around them. Comes yeah, down. I'm just going to grab a few things because I think honestly, they're your justifications for all of them were just about um, um, on par because they're very much motivated by something you genuinely feel, and that's wonderful. Punk rock, <laughs> couldn't agree with it more. Uh, and as the guy who's got the the Infinite Jest poster, Gathering Dust, uh, serious novels. I'm down with that. Um, Stanley Kubrick. I'm down with that. And let's just say Prestige TV. So uh, this has been the Mount Rushmore of things you pretend to like to be cool, but secretly aren't. I hope this podcast is something that you'll even do us the favor of pretending to like. Yeah, you don't have to like it, really, guys. Yeah. But if you just pretend to your pretend? friends. The amount of worry on Jeff's face just yeah. then. His entire forehead crinkled. His eyes went up. It was an Academy <laughs> Award winning performance. <laughs> if I've ever seen one just to just... We sell, we sell so many of that, like the Urban Outfitters, those shirts that say Mount Rushmore on it, to kids, right. teenagers, suburbanites. They never really heard Mount Rushmore and they weren't with us in the first iteration of this group where we Yeah, they weren't they were they they weren't down It was Richard two other guys. It wasn't (laughs) us. (laughs) Yeah, all you guys that are buying our shirts at Hot Topic. Yeah. Just keep doing it because it's making us money. So just keep doing it. Keep doing it. This has been the Mount Rushmore of Ziada Baba. My name's Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. 